Welcome to the Gateway.Live podcast. We're so glad you're here. We pray that God speaks to you through this message and through his word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at www.gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in. If you got a Bible, I want you to turn to two spots. Open up to Acts chapter 4. Put a marker in 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to start off in Acts 4 and read a lot of Acts 4 and Acts 3, but we'll finish up the message in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're continuing our series this weekend entitled The Unusual Life, where we've been talking about the abundant life that Jesus died to give us. And this series coincides or attaches to our vision statement, which is this, we exist to see people saved, healed, set free, discipled, equipped, empowered and serving. And this weekend, we come to empowered. And we're going to be talking about empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And you have to remember this. It is literally impossible to live the abundant life without the power of the Holy Spirit. And the title of this message is going to throw some of you off, all right? And I I get it, but you'll understand by the end of the message, but you won't understand until the end of the message. The title of the message is, Put Away the Sippy Cup. Put away the sippy cup. It will make sense by the end, trust me, all right? But what I want to do is I want to walk through some of the things that are, are a part of our calling as followers of Jesus Christ that we desperately need the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to do, all right? And in Acts chapter four, we we see all of these things. But I feel like sometimes when when I preach on the power of the Holy Spirit, it's almost like I have to convince people, you know? And remember, part of the reason, part of the problem is we've got too many believers who think they can fight the good fight in the flesh. We need the power of the Holy Spirit, listen, If Jesus walked on the face of this earth, empowered by the Holy Spirit, shouldn't his followers too? Jesus, the Son of God, was empowered by the Holy Spirit to do ministry. How much more then does this Son of God, this daughter of God, need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit as well? So I don't want to feel like I'm trying to you know, do some kind of sales pitch. But I, 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 for two services now, I felt like I'm kind of having to go, come on, you know, you need this. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. But I say this all the time. I feel like sometimes when I just mention Holy, Holy Spirit, people start going like this. They start flinching. That's not because of the Holy Spirit. That's just because you've seen some weird things done in the name of the Holy Spirit. And let me just reestablish this. I feel like I have to say it every time. But anything Jesus did by the power of the Holy Spirit is not weird, okay? If if you think something Jesus did is weird, that's not a Jesus problem, that's a you problem, okay? It's not weird, but some of us are just not used to some of these things that we're going to talk about that happen as a result of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. If Jesus needed it, we do too. Now, some of you might be kind of the, the personality type that, kind of beats up on yourself a little bit. You look at other believers, and you go, man, they're doing an amazing job. I'm not. I'm not where they are. They're doing incredible things for God. I'm not. They, they have so much power. I don't. Okay, listen. If your life seems powerless, it's simply because of a weak connection to the Holy Spirit. That's all. It's not because you're bad. 
or something's wrong with you? Think about this. If you go home today, and let's say your favorite lamp in your whole house, you go to flip on the lamp, and it doesn't work. Do you get all riled up and, and angry when you look down at the wall and you see that it's not plugged in? Do you start cursing the lamp, saying, you're so bad, lamp? No, of course you don't. That would be weird, right? What do you do? You simply reach down, and you plug it in, right? Okay, so if the life that you're living in Christ seems a little powerless. It's not because something's wrong with you. It's just pointing to a lack of connection to the Holy Spirit. That's all, okay? So Acts chapter 4, the, the church, here's some of the background. The church is starting to explode. The first century church is taking off. And you're going to see as we walk through some of this that it's not because they're so awesome. One of the reasons I love the Bible is it is the story of our awesome God working through ordinary people, okay? And Acts chapter 4 will remind us all, and this message is not for those of us who think we're amazing, okay? If you think you are awesome sauce, this message is going to go right over your head, because if you think you're awesome sauce, you, from time to time, probably even more consistently than you realize, don't even think you need the power of the Holy Spirit because you're so awesome, you know who really needs the power of the Holy Spirit? Not just every believer, every ordinary believer. And you're going to see in Acts chapter 4 what happens when our extraordinary God works through ordinary people. Let's read it together. Acts chapter 4, starting in verse 1. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. These leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus there is resurrection of the dead. They arrested Peter and John, and since it was already evening, put them in jail until morning. Verse 4, but many of the people who heard their message believed it. So the number of men who believe now totaled about 5,000. They are rapidly expanding. People are being saved constantly at the beginning of the first century church. Verse five, the next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. Annas the high priest was there along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. They brought in the two disciples and demanded, by what power or in whose name have you done this? Such a loaded question right there. They're already starting to answer the question. By what power or in whose name have you done this? Watch how Peter responds. Before I read this, let me just remind you, this is the same Peter who denied Christ three times. Okay? Peter wasn't just ordinary. ordinary he was jacked up. Okay? This should be encouraging to all of us. Watch what happens. Verse 8, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of all our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man you crucified but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in scripture where it says, the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. Watch this next part. Peter's boldness is just increasing. Why? Because he's filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. 
This is the guy that denied Jesus when they, when they hardly even backed him into a corner. Now he's standing on a soapbox just letting everybody have it. There is salvation in no one else, Peter says. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. Why were they so amazed? For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. That's nasty right there. Ordinary people being used to do extraordinary things. Why? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. It does not say, then Peter, because he was so strong. Then Peter, because he was closer to Jesus than anyone. Then Peter, because he was so awesome. No. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. If you ever feel like less than at any time in your life, you know what that points to? You just need more of his power. That's it. And the Holy Spirit will empower you to do some incredible things. And here's the first one, point number one. The Holy Spirit gives you the power to witness. The power to witness. Listen, when we talk about a move of the Holy Spirit, if people aren't getting saved, I'm 100% convinced it's not a move of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus really is the one who throws this down in Acts chapter 1. I've heard people talk about, you know, what the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and for many, many years, m too many people attach the power of the Holy Spirit to either an experience or an expression. Jesus in Acts chapter 1, these are some of his last words before he goes to be with the Father. Some of Christ's last words are about this very thing. And listen to what Jesus says to all of his followers. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. You will receive power, and you will be my witnesses. You will receive power, and you will be my witnesses. And what is the thing that connects the power and the witnessing? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives the power to be my witnesses, Jesus says. Okay, listen, in essence, here's what Jesus is saying. The power of the Holy Spirit is not just about an experience or an expression. One of the greatest purposes of the power of the Holy Spirit is evangelism, winning people to Christ. The Holy Spirit empowers us to witness. Now, when we think about the last words of someone, think about this. Some of the last words of Jesus are not, I love you. Jesus doesn't say, hey, I'm about to go. I love y'all so much. I love you. Thanks for being you. I love you. His last words aren't, I love you. They're, I need you. The Son of God, before he goes, says, hey, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you because you need that power. 
to take my gospel to the ends of the earth. You cannot do this in your own strength. I've heard people say for years, you realize the internet is going to be the way the gospel goes to the ends of the earth. That is incorrect theologically. It will be because of the power of the Holy Spirit that the gospel goes to the ends of the earth. We may use the internet, but without the power of the Holy Spirit, what's the point? Jesus says, hey, you go get you that power because I need you to take this message to the ends of the earth for me. He doesn't say, I love you. He said that on the cross that day. But just before he leaves, he says, I need you. Here's another way to say it. Some of Christ's last words are get to work and walk in power. The Holy Spirit empowers us to witness. Here's point number two. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to use his gifts. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to use his gifts. One of the greatest advertisements for the gospel is when ordinary people do extraordinary things. That's why I love Acts 4.13. The religious rulers were amazed because they saw that Peter and John were just ordinary men. They knew the math wasn't adding up. They knew something different was happening, was giving them the power. That's why they said, in whose name and by what power? They were acknowledging the power of what they were seeing. But they were so amazed that it was available to ordinary people. This should be encouraging to you and me. I don't have access to the power of the Holy Spirit because I'm a pastor. I have access to the power of the Holy Spirit because I'm a son of the Most High God. But the billion-dollar question is, how often do I walk in it? One of the biggest things the Holy Spirit empowers us to do is to use his gifts. On Friday night, Holly and I uh, went to dinner with two of our closest couple friends. And we were celebrating birthdays, my birthday and then my friend's two wives. They don't have two wives, each of their wives, okay? Their birthdays and my birthday are in the same week. And so we are celebrating birthdays. And a little known fact about Holly and me, uh, we play Pokemon Go, okay? We're nerdy people. And uh, my wife, I play Pokemon Go because my wife loves Pokemon Go. And a wise man once told me, Preston, whatever your wife loves, you will learn to love. Okay, Pokemon Go it is. So we're headed to dinner on Friday night. And my wife is playing Pokemon Go while I'm driving. And she goes, babe, I have a shadow. You don't even know what that means. It doesn't even matter. But it, it's a Pokemon that she doesn't have yet. She's like, babe, there's a Pokemon over in that parking lot. I am literally in the middle lane on Indian Bend. I pull a U-turn at the light at 35. I go across four lanes at about 30 miles an hour. And I am punching it. And my wife, I can feel it in the truck. She is sending messages to me without words going, you are the most amazing man I've ever met in my life. Okay, like we were just in an awesome place. She gets the Pokemon, I am like the hero. We're holding hands, walking into dinner, but, but we pull up to the parking lot and she goes, babe, they brought gifts. And I went, it's okay. I didn't bring any gifts. I said, it's okay, babe, I'll get some gifts afterwards. My bad, I, I should have been the one to get the gifts, that's what I do, the, I, my bad, I'll make it right, please don't feel bad. She felt bad and it was embarrassing to her. So we sit down on the table 
And you know how when you go to eat dinner with your friends, and if you've had a fight before, everybody at the table knows it? Well, that was kind of the vibe. And I knew that's the way it was coming across. And I was like, no, man, this is like a great season for us. We just got a Pokemon shadow. Like, <laughs> she's just embarrassed that I didn't bring gifts, that we didn't bring gifts. It's, it took her 30 minutes to get out of that hole. And here's what was funny. I just felt like the Holy Spirit reminded me. Preston, you were created to never show up to a party empty-handed. That's why I give my gifts. Can you even wrap your mind around how many times as believers in Jesus, we show up to a party? What's a party? Any room you ever walk into. Can you even wrap your mind around how many times you and I have walked into a party without a gift that the Holy Spirit is trying to give through us? And understand something, the most valuable gift you will probably ever give to anybody is a gift the Spirit of God gives through you. And I want to show you just a couple of these gifts in operation through these ordinary men. If you're in Acts 4, go back to Acts 3, maybe even on the same page in your Bible. We're going to read it together. Acts 3, verse 1. This is what happens right before Acts 4, okay? Acts 3 comes before Acts 4, so you, now we're going to read what they did that brought on what happened in, verse four, in chapter 4. Acts 3, verse 1, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth, so this means everybody in this small city knew about this man's crippling issue. A man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day, he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Now watch Peter and John's response. Listen to what Peter says. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. I love this. It's like Peter's going, does it look like we have money, bro? Look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I do have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. That's some boldness right there. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Hey, remember, just a couple of gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gift of healing. The power to perform miracles. We see both of these in action. Why? Is it because Peter and John were so amazing? No, it was because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Preston, I don't think anything like that could ever happen to me, and I don't even know that I would want it to happen to me, truthfully, because I, I think that's a little bit weird right there. Really? If you're the crippled guy, do you think it's weird to be touched by God and to be healed, to go from being lame since birth to running and leaping around praising God? Does that sound weird? No, you see, when it's not us experiencing the healing, it's easy to push the healing power of our incredible God to the side. But it's amazing how many people I've encountered over the years in ministry who didn't believe in healing until they got sick. Listen, can you even wrap your mind around the thought that the God of the universe could use you, ordinary you, just like Peter and John? We just watched a video of a young boy several weeks ago having the boldness to pray for a man in a wheelchair at Walmart. 
How's that weird? That's just God loving on someone going through a difficult time through a little boy who's willing to just say, God, use me. Use me to operate in the gifts that you've made available to all of your children by your Holy Spirit. But remember this, the gifts of the Holy Spirit require the power of the Holy Spirit, just like an automobile requires gasoline. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Another way to say it, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are absolutely inoperable without his power. That brings us to the third point. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to speak. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to speak. Luke chapter 12, verse 11. This is long before what we're reading is happening in the first century church in the beginning of Acts. Listen to what Jesus says. Now, when they bring you to the synagogues, he's he's prophesying. He's saying this is going to happen. You're going to stand before the religious rulers. When they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates and authorities, do not worry about how or what you should answer or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour. The Holy Spirit will give you the words to speak what you ought to say. Listen, people don't need to hear what you think. They need to hear you say what he is saying. They need God to speak through you. Can you imagine what your marriage would be like if you let the Holy Spirit speak through you more than you chose to spoke to speak? Holy Spirit has better English than me. Can you even imagine? You know how it goes. You ever been in an argument with your spouse? And in your mind, you're crafting the drop the mic spear to just get them back. And I mean, you're kind of getting excited because you're like, I'm about to drop this. I know I'm not supposed to hurt you, but I'm just hurting, right? I'm going to hurt you. And you hear this little voice go, do not say that. Whose voice do you think that is? It's the Holy Spirit. Then when you hear the Holy Spirit go, and this is what I actually want you to say. And here's how I know it's the Holy Spirit, because I'll argue back sometimes. I'll be like, I'm not saying that to her. She'll think she won if I say that. Preston, this is what I want you to say. Can I trust you to say it? See, we so often get caught up in this lie that what people need to hear is what we have to say. They don't need to hear what I have to say. They need to hear what God wants to say through me. And here's one of the biggest reasons why. When you insist on being the one to speak, you are getting in the way of the one who speaks things into existence. I don't have the power to do this. My words don't have the power to speak anything into existence. But everything was created by a word from God. And when I speak up in the flesh, I am getting in the way of the God who speaks things into existence. Now, I know a lot of people have a fear of speaking publicly. And so for many of us, we're quiet in public because we're afraid to speak up in public. I get that. I hear people say all the time, Preston, I'd rather have every one of my teeth pulled out than have to stand on that stage and speak in public. Okay, I get it. But what would it change if you realized that there were times in your life that God of the universe didn't want you to speak, he just wanted to speak through you. Instead of being nervous, you know what we should be? Overwhelmed and excited that God would ever want to speak through us. God wants to speak through you, and let me tell you what, how it goes when, when you hear something and you just say it. 
the person on the other end of the conversation kind of goes like this. What was that? Like, Preston, you're kind of smart, but you're not that smart. What was that? I just felt like God said that. So I'm just trying to repeat what I heard him saying. It rings their bell. Why? Because God knows what they need to hear. I don't. When I was younger, I thought I was the smartest person in the room, and so I would just blah, 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 blah. I got exposed so many times. And it wasn't until I started to learn the power of the Holy Spirit speaking through me. So I try as best I can to keep my mouth shut until I hear God speak first. Think about this. The Holy Spirit wants to speak through you. Here's a big question. Do you let him? What percentage of your words are yours? What percentage of your words are his? Just take a 30-day trailing look. Last 30 days of your life. What percentage of your words are yours? What percentage of your words are his? Set a goal for the rest of this year to each month raise the percentage of the words you speak that are his and lessen the percentage of the words you speak that are yours. The Holy Spirit wants to speak through you. Here's the last point, point number four. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to produce fruit. Holy Spirit gives us the power to produce fruit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the Holy Spirit, not Preston, not insert your name, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The Holy Spirit produces these things. Here's another way to say it. Any good fruit produced in my life is not produced by me. It's produced by the Holy Spirit. So when my wife says, baby, I love the way you love me, I can't take full credit. If I'm loving well, it's because the Holy Spirit is loving through me, producing that fruit in my life. How about this? Have you ever been in a situation in a dark season of life and you just needed joy? So you tried to buy yourself stuff to make yourself happier and it didn't work. Want to know why? Because it's only the Holy Spirit. Possessions cannot produce joy in your life. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. The Holy Spirit produces fruit. I don't know if you know this, but as Christ followers, we are called to be fruit stands. Not fruity, fruit stands. Sometimes I think people think we've been called to be fruity. Jesus is serious about the fruit production of his followers. And here's the awesome news. God never expected or intended you to produce fruit by yourself. He's given you the Holy Spirit. Think about this. Scripture says the same Spirit, and the implication is the same power that raised Christ from the grave, lives on the inside of every believer if we actually believe that in the deepest part of our being, I think we would walk with a little more godly swagger. I don't think we would feel as weak as we make ourselves think we are. I think we'd realize that's the enemy trying to emasculate us, trying to get us to feel weak so that we forget that the same power that raised Christ from the grave lives on the inside of you. Preston, I'm in a season of life where I don't know what to do. 
And people will come and ask me for wisdom like I have the answer. And you know what the best answer to give is? You need to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit to empower you. Forget about this one decision. You need more of him, the God of the universe, at work in you. Holy Spirit wants to empower us as believers to do things that as a little boy, I dreamed as I read through the Bible for the first time of being able to be used like that by God. And you know my favorite thing about the Bible? It's a book about our amazing God doing amazing things through ordinary people like you and me. Sometimes I think because we put everybody in Scripture on a pedestal, it causes us to devalue ourselves and what God wants to do through us. Now, flip over if you're in, in your Bible in Acts 4. Flip over to 1 Corinthians 12. I want to read you two more passages and show you this picture I felt like the Lord gave me. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we have all been made to drink into one spirit. Capital S, clearly the Holy Spirit. As believers in Jesus, we've all been called to drink from the same one, not, not any other, the same Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, this is when things are starting to kind of just explode in the first century church. And someone is watching what's happening in this move of the Holy Spirit. And, and somebody says, man, these people are drunk first thing in the morning. And here's the response. And it connects all the way back to a prophetic word in the book of Joel. Know what you see, Acts chapter 2 verse 16 says, was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says. In the last days. This was 2,000 years ago. And this is the prophetic word being connected to. If, if those could classify as the last days, then 2,000 years later, do you think we're a little bit closer? Mm -hmm. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike. This is what God is doing. This is what he wants to do. But I think sometimes we're guilty of getting in the way. We will never be empowered by the Holy Spirit when we're turned off by the Holy Spirit. And let me just simplify it for you. What does the Holy Spirit empower you to do? Live like Jesus. I cannot in the flesh live like Jesus. The Holy Spirit has to help me live like Jesus. And here's the picture I felt like the Lord gave me about where things are. Connecting 1 Corinthians 12 and the prophetic word in Joel chapter 2. It's like there was a, 
a, a group of believers sitting around a dining room table, a big one. And God was pouring out, like a drink, pouring out his spirit. And it was coming into this cup, and it was like almost all at once, people reached for the lid of a sippy cup and put it on top. And, and the cup got passed around, and, and the first believer kind of went like this and passed it to the next person. And they kind of went and passed it on, and the next person passed it without even drinking it. And it went around the table, and people were taking sips of the Spirit of God that God himself was pouring out on his people. Listen, your calling is too big to think you can pull it off by taking sips of the power of the Holy Spirit. It's too big. Give yourself more credit than that. God thinks far too highly of you and your calling that he fashioned for you to think that it could be done in your own flesh. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to do this. And the awesome news is, God himself says in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. But you know what it requires? His children being open to take more than a sip. Here's the question I believe the God of the universe is asking each one of us. Can I use you like I used Peter and John? I want to, but do you want me to? Can I use you like that? I hope every one of our answers is the same. Holy Spirit, come. Use me. Use ordinary me to do extraordinary things for you. Thanks for joining us on Gateway.Live. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at www.gatewaylife.com.